If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Pasha Hashavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Pasha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful Arab Shabbos to all of you, and what a great Shabbos it is. The Shabbos between Yom Kippur and the festival of Sukkot. It's a time that our sages tell us it's the most perfect time of the year. We've been forgiven, atoned, Hashem looked at us, listened to our prayers, heard our confession, and yes, He did pardon us, He did forgive us, and He certainly atoned all the sins. And we stand perfect, we stand refreshed, we stand new, and, uh, well, we're all busy, or should be busy, with preparing for Sukkot, the idea of building a Sukkah, the four species, it's a time of intense power and joy. It's a time that overwhelms us with its purity, with its great light of purpose, of strength, of well knowing that we are here and we're doing whatever we can in order to live life fullest. It's important for us to understand the meaning of the different types of energies that infuse different times of the year. The fact that it's after Yom Kippur. You know, Yom Kippur is not only a day of fasting. It's not only a day where we go through difficulty. And difficulty it is, of course. This is what the Torah tells us, that you must, in a sense, you have to, well... Make it pretty difficult for yourself, 24 hours fasting, standing on your feet so much, praying so long, no leather shoes, all sorts of restrictions that apply. And it's not only just to make us feel bad or difficult for 24 hours, it's there to tell us that what takes place on Yom Kippur is extraordinary, what it means to be forgiven. You know, we understand generally on a very super le- superficial level the idea of forgiveness, friends who fight, families who fight, and you forgive each other. It calms the situation. It's a time of rebonding. It's a time of reconnecting. It's a time of trying to overlook the past and go forward with a sense of joy. How much more so? When it comes to the idea of divine atonement, of divine forgiveness, where Hashem looks at us, and who knows us better than Hashem? He knows the secrets of our heart. He knows the secrets of our mind. He knows who and what we are. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. After all, He is the one who gave us those strengths and weaknesses. And He knows how much we do in order to develop those strengths more and more and to transform the negativity more and more. Ultimately, Hashem knows us so thoroughly, and yet, even though each and every one of us knows that we haven't done our best, and we don't do our best, unfortunately, throughout the year, nonetheless comes Yom Kippur, and Hashem tells us, this is the day of forgiveness, and we go through the confession, we go through the words, we go through the thoughts, and Hashem forgives us. We stand as new people. New people in the fullest sense of the word. And this is why there's an intense time of great joy that takes place right after Yom Kippur. Different communities, different customs in Chabad, for instance, right before the blowing of the shofar, there is this powerful song. It's called, uh, well, the song is called Napoleon's March. It's a song, song of victory. It's a song of strength. And you sing it and you dance to it because the moment that you know, you said the Shema Yisrael, you said whatever it is that you have to say, Hashem Aleichem, we've gone through the intensity of the 24 hours. We 
automatically feel a tremendous sense of relief and joy. We hear the shofar, we call out the ultimate hope of the Jewish people, the coming of Mashiach, the return to Zion in the fullest sense of the word. And after the prayer, we shout out good Yontif three times in loud voices, because Yontif it is. And people often ask, what Yontif is it? We just finished Yom Kippur. That is a Yontif. A Yontif is a day of great goodness, of great joy. A Yontif is a day that we feel a sense of divine energy that lifts us up. It gives us inner strength. It gives us inner joy. And this is why the time between Yom Kippur and Sukkot is such a special time. It's a time that we are, in a sense, perfect, tell us our sages. Perfection is something which is, well, almost impossible to achieve on one's own. We have shortcoming. We have blemishes. We have all sorts of misgivings. We have all sorts of situations that we should have acted differently in, and now we are forgiven. This is the time that we have to understand that Hashem is giving us a new opportunity, a new chance. And what is the first thing that we do on Mitzayi Yom Kippur as we sit down to the meal to, well, break the fast in a sense? What do we talk about? The custom is to talk about building the sukkah or even some people who actually go out and build the sukkah because as we are in that state of perfection, we immediately want to follow up with another mitzvah and the mitzvah of sukkot. And what is sukkot all about? You know, every festival. Every festival has its particular name and definition. Pesach is a time of liberation and freedom. Shavuot is the time of receiving the Torah. What is Sukkot? Sukkot is the time of great joy. Zman Simchatenu, this is the season of festivity and joy in the fullest sense of the word. And what is that joy? The joy, of course, is connected well in ancient times when it was an agricultural society. The harvest was in. People have worked hard throughout the spring and the summer, and now they've brought everything in. They are prepared for the winter that will come. There's a tremendous sense of joy that you are in a state of comfort, that you have prepared properly, and you will live comfortably throughout the entire winter season. But it goes far beyond that physical definition. It is a sense of joy because it's what the sukkah represents. The sukkah represents what's real and what's not real, what's permanent and what's temporary. We live in a world where we often confuse those things. We think, well, what's permanent is bricks and mortar and strong roofs. What could a sukkah, in fact, give us often? It's a place where you sit, and sometimes it rains, and it's open to the elements. And yet we understand that it's precisely within this situation. We mustn't fool ourselves into thinking that it's the permanent structures that give us security and strength. It's not that at all. It's the divine blessing. It's a divine blessing, and this is the sense of joy which continues throughout Sukkot until it comes to its incredible climax on the day of Simchat Torah. It's also the four species which talk to us about unity, unity within ourselves, unity within our community, bringing together the four different types of people, bringing them together in a tremendous bond. And this is why we hold on to all four, the Lulav, the Etrog, the Hadassim, the Aravot. You know, on Pesach as well, we have the different sons sitting at the table, but we don't necessarily see a tremendous sense of unity among them. In fact, we don't know if there's a sense of unity. They are described differently, whereas on Sukkot, we hold them together in our hands, symbolizing incredible unity. 
more of that. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the idea of joy. We're talking about the idea how joy changes things. And this is why it's very strange that very often in the days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, the time of such incredible, intense joy, we read the Parsha of Hazinu, where Moshe speaks to the Jewish people, and he's going to give them the song that they have to remember, and what a song it is. The song of Hazinu is extraordinary. But as we listen carefully to the song of Hazinu, most of it, is, well, difficult to hear. It is a song that speaks about if we misbehave and what happens when we misbehave, the consequences of bad behavior. It talks to us about how we grow fat. We grow, in a sense, to develop a thick skin. We become insensitive. We become crass. It talks to us about children who rebel against their father, their father in heaven. And one wonders, what does this have to do with this incredibly joyous time? And not only that, but a couple of weeks ago, in the Parsha we read the Tochacha, Hamoshe admonishes the people and tells them in frightening, painstaking detail precisely what will happen if they choose to ignore God's instruction, choose to behave in a way which is contrary to the will of Hashem. Why do we have to repeat it? And why repeat it at this particular time? We are in a state of, as mentioned before, post-Yom Kippur perfection. We are in a state of joy. These four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot is time of intense joy. Why remind us of what happens if we behave badly? We have just been forgiven. We hope and pray that we won't behave badly and suffer the consequences thereof. What's this all about? And the answer, of course, is what makes Hazinu different and special is that it's a song. And a song means there is a dimension of joy, a dimension of joy which enables us to hear things in a particular sort of way that otherwise we couldn't hear with an honest, objective ear. You know, once upon a time, in the royal courts, there was a court jester. What was the job of the court jester? The job of the court jester was not a person who made a fool of himself or cracked funny jokes. That was not the job of a court jester. The court jester had a very powerful position. Because in the days of yore, you couldn't in any way criticize the king or question his decisions. You were absolutely bound by the fact that as a subject to the king, no matter if you were a minister or an ordinary man, you had to fulfill the law. And if you questioned, it was treasonous, and off came your head. What was the job of the court jester? The court jester would, in a satiric and often very funny sort of way, point out to the king that perhaps his behavior, or perhaps his judgment, were inappropriate and incorrect. And everyone laughed, waiting for the king to laugh. The king laughed and everybody laughed because the court jester was able to point out to the king in a joyous sort of way his shortcomings and how perhaps he should reconsider judgments and attitudes. And this is what Hazinu, in a sense, is all about. Hazinu is telling us difficult things in a joyous song structure. 
It is the poetry that we listen to with the melody that accompanies it. And this is why Hazinu is such a powerful song. In fact, in certain communities, they read it week after week. There's tremendous developmental study of how the stanzas of Hazinu relate to the days of creation, the prayers that we say on the Sunday, on the Monday, what the Levium sang, the Levites sang in the temple. Azinu talks to us in a particular sort of way, and we're able to hear it, we're able to listen without rejection, because it comes to us as a joyous song. And this is one of the important concepts of Yiddishkeit, Ivdu es Hashem besimcha, to serve God with joy. Now what is serving God with joy, to sing and dance? Yes, at times, we sing and dance. Even with Hashem B'Simcha means when you introduce the joy element into what you hear and how you behave, things look better, things look differently. I've known a great many people who had serious life and who have serious life challenges. But because they have joyous disposition, they live life to the fullest. They accept their situation. They grow as a result of their situation. And while from a purely objective point of view it looks so difficult to others, the fact remains these individuals have the capacity of listening to, accepting, and living through, and living with, and growing as a result of challenges that they're in because they are serving God with a sense of joy. Nothing is difficult. Nothing is overwhelming. You manage. You grow. You move. You jump forward if you have a disposition of joy. I've seen people who, well, live life comfortably. Thank God, materially, otherwise, nachas. And yet, they don't have a disposition of joy. And therefore, even in a comfortable state, they are pretty miserable very often, misanthropic. They are in a way, well, really unhappy with life. They always look for what isn't there. They always look for, well, whatever fault, problem there might be. Instead of sitting back and recognizing that Hashem has given them incredible blessing, what they see is their own, well, whatever it is, their own. And enough is never enough. Why? Because they don't have a disposition of joy. This is this time of the year. Hashem is telling us in no uncertain terms, listen to the song and listen to the energy of the four days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. Understand fully what you're able to, you are able to draw upon tremendous levels, tremendous wellsprings of joy, which will enable you to live life with a completely different view of challenge. Not only the joyous moment will be uplifting, but every single moment of life from the most difficult to the most joyous, if they are received with an attitude of joy, it is altogether different. And this is what we are experiencing right now at this time of the year. We stand as new people after Yom Kippur. There was atonement. There was forgiveness. There was pardon. We stand refreshed. We stand new. We stand with no back baggage from the past. And we go forward. And what do we go forward with? To fulfill a commandment of God, to build a sukkah, to acquire the four species, 
to understand what each thing represents and how they are all bound together at this particular time of the year. Opposites, not only opposites, people that might have no attraction to each other whatsoever, people that we normally don't associate with, people that sometimes others might look down upon. They're all held together in one hand, and that's unity. And unity is the pinnacle of incredible joy. There is no opposition. There is no conflict. Everything fits. Everything is wonderful. Everything belongs. Everything has purpose. Everything has tremendous divine design. Everything is there, and it's all held together. We see it. We experience it but only if we have a disposition of joy. If we're not joyous, then of course we look at everything with a critical eye. We look at everything with a judgmental eye. We look at everything without the proper perspective that we should. Joy enables us to feel things differently, to see things differently, even the most challenging, as I said before. This is the special time of the year, and this is why we read Hazinu. We read Hazinu because the most difficult things are told to us in a song, in a joyous sort of way, and we listen. We don't reject. We understand that each and every single word in this song has incredible life message and meaning, incredible purpose, incredible instruction. We talk about Hazinu Shemayim Ba'oretz. We talk about heaven and earth standing as witnesses to the word of God. That, in fact, tells us about the eternal dimension of our bond and relationship with God. Regardless of how many difficulties we have gone through, there is this ongoing, eternal, miraculous relationship between us and God, and God and us. We speak about the words should be like rain and like dew. What does rain and dew bring about? Nutrition, growth, purpose. Every single word that comes out of our mouths falls like rain upon the ground, and it enables us to feel a tremendous sense of growth and development and birth and rebirth in every single situation. We see the incredible miracle of what rain does, and this is an incredible metaphor about the words of Torah, where it drops down on. It brings tremendous building, tremendous growth, and tremendous change. And this is something that we have to listen to. It speaks to us about, well, becoming coarse sometimes, sitting back and allowing ourselves to develop a skin which is very, very thick, very, very insensitive. And it tells us, remove that thick skin. Remove that coarseness. Look at the beauty of the world. Look at the majesty of God's creation. Look at the greatness of what life is really all about. The miraculous body, the miraculous soul, coming together, being able to do elements of great purpose. See that, and joy becomes a practical reality in life. More of that soon. This is the Pasha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the incredible song of Hazinu and why it's so special that we read it at this time of the year. We're talking about the idea of joy, 
permeating our lives, making us see things differently, understanding challenges differently, understanding the moments of difficulty in life in an altogether different sort of way. And this is why it's so important to hear the song of Azino, because right at the beginning we talk about the relationship between God and each and every one of us, and how it's eternal, it's everlasting. At the end of the Hazino song, we talk about the end of days when Hashem will avenge the Jewish people, and to those who have caused us harm through the thousands of years of our existence, they will be dealt with harshly. They will be punished for all their violence, for all their insane behavior toward us. And this is something which is so important for us to understand. But how does it begin? Right at the beginning, we use words like Hatsur Tamim Pa'olo, God is a rock. And his judgment, his justice is true. It's eternal. It's real. It's not based upon, well, false evidence or bias of any kind. It is the most perfect justice in the world because it comes directly from God. And this is why when we see life and we see the difficulties of life and we understand that God is giving us this for a very specific purpose, yes, it might be challenging. It might be difficult. And it often happens to individuals, to communities, where they go through a situation of great challenge and difficulty, know that it comes from God and therefore, in a sense, perfect. Difficult to understand sometimes, difficult to see often, but at the same time, if we have a disposition of joy, we go through life differently, meaning, purpose, focus, direction, essence, all these ideas, all these words take on incredibly different dimensions, and this is why we serve God with joy. Hazinu is a song. It's a song that, well, not always easy listening, but we accept it in a very particular and important sort of way. This is what Hazinu is all about. This is what this particular time of the year is all about, between Yom Kippur. And between Sukkot, it is a time of great joy. It is a time of unity. It is a time to look at things differently. It is a time to become models, examples of joy. If our children see joy in our lives, they will experience joy in their lives. They will make it real. If we don't experience joy, we become symbols that unfortunately influences others in a particular sort of way. You've often met the people, as I mentioned before, as you get together, always complaining, always talking about how difficult it is, always talking about the burdens of their lives always talking about others who have it so much easier. Turn inward. Look at yourself. I promise you, if you objectively assess your own situation, you will see how fortunate you are. If you're able to look at others with an honest eye, you will see sometimes those others have far less than you do, and perhaps their challenges are greater than yours. This is the way, this is what joy does to us. Joy opens our eyes. Joy brings us to a state of objective viewing with a non-judgmental type of attitude. And this is so important. We look at ourselves and we have to draw upon those inner strengths that God gives us, those inner strengths that enable us to be great and powerful and to live life to the fullest, even though 
It might be challenging. It might be difficult. Because ultimately there's a purpose. And God himself says, I am the ultimate divine judge. And Moshe says, I want to impress upon you, my dear people. I want to remind you again and again how perfect, how just Hashem's justice is. It is in no way biased. There is absolutely no dimension of bribery. God stands higher than all of those things. He looks at each and every one of us in a particular loving sort of way, giving, sharing, empowering us. Yes, sometimes chastising us, sometimes reminding us that we need to move a little bit back toward the proper road so that our journey becomes perfect as well. And this is why this time of the year is so very special and important to each and every one of us. It's a time that, as I said before, we are in a perfect state. But it's also a time to hear the song, the song within our hearts, the song within our minds, the song within our souls, to hear the words with a song, a song that talks to us about eternal existence, a a, a song that talks about our relationship with God, a song that talks about the end of time, the coming of Mashiach, a song that talks about truth and purpose and greatness. And this is why when you're in shul tomorrow, remember what time of the year you're in and how Hashem empowers you at this particular time. Listen to each verse, listen to each stanza. They're not easy words, but follow them. Follow them in a language that you understand implement them, make them part of your own existence, and you will see joy and greatness and purpose. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Have a tremendously joyous Sukkot. Enjoy the time with friends and family. May you all sit together in a tremendous state of unity. Good Shabbos. Good Yontav. Chag Sameach.